Do you have enough money on which to live? A University of Massachusetts Boston 2021 study found that social security benefits continue to fall short of covering cost of basic needs for older Americans. The full study's abstract, that is the conclusions in brief, says that based on that year's elder index, a county-by-county county measure of the income older adults need to secure an independent lifestyle, quote, nationally, the average Social Security benefit covers just 68% of basic living expenses of housing, food, transportation, and health care, for a single renter in 2021 and 81% for an older couple. The gap between Social Security benefits and what it takes to get by is especially problematic for older adults who rely largely or entirely on Social Security, including nearly a quarter of adults age 65 or older who depend on Social Security for 90% or more of their family income. We, that is the researchers, demonstrate that Social Security benefits remain too low to support a financially secure lifestyle in virtually every community in America, unquote. Okay, this may not apply to you. And that was in 2021. In 2022, the year for which we're current, uh, currently filing taxes, and the tax man cometh, this uh, podcast is recorded in uh, March of 2023. The rate of inflation was 7.8% this time last year. And of this recording, it's still higher than 6% compared to the long-term average of 3.28%. I know, <laughs> it feels like inflation is more than 10% just uh, judging by our grocery store bills. And this week, the week of March 20th, 2023, in the wake of two, possibly three bank failures, we'll find out whether the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates again for the eighth time, I believe. All economic prognosticators are saying that they will. If you're over 65 and not working, you're probably living on Social Security plus whatever other retirement funds, investments, and savings you may have. But not all retirees have those or enough on which to live comfortably, much less lavishly. But even if you are financially comfortable in your senior years, there are ways to avoid uh, or defer taxes. Of course, as I always say, my disclaimer is I am not a qualified financial professional, but I can and do do some research for you. And what I found may help you for this year's tax filing. Or if you've already taken care of that for 2022, as I have, I do it early. It may help uh, prepare you for next year's, which means what you do about money this year. Here's one piece of advice everyone is offering now, though, regardless of your economic status. Pay off your debts and save. In an updated February 2, 2023 article, U.S. News & World Report offers, quote, 10 tax breaks for people over 50. 
So I'm going to quote from that article, not completely, so I do suggest that if you're interested, you check it out if you want to see the full article, um, and I will post the uh, website on the Woman Worthy Facebook page as usual. So, there is a bigger standard deduction for seniors 65 and older. If you don't itemize your tax deductions, you can claim a larger standard deduction if you or your spouse are age 65 or older. The standard deduction for seniors is $1,750 higher than the deduction for people younger than 65 who file as individuals. Married couples can increase their standard deduction by $1,400 if one member of the couple is 65 or older and by $2,800 if they're both at least age 65. If you or your spouse is blind, you may also qualify for a higher standard deduction. There is a higher tax filing threshold. Older people can earn a little bit more income than younger workers before they need to submit a tax return. People age 65 and older can earn a gross income of up to $14,700 before they're required to file a tax return for 2022, which is $1,750 more than younger workers. The tax filing threshold is $28,700 for couples both age 65 and older, and $27,300 if only one spouse is at least age 65. However, people below the filing threshold may want to submit a tax return in order to qualify for tax credits or a refund of income tax that was withheld. Property tax breaks. Property tax rules vary considerably by state and local jurisdiction, but in some places, including where I live, and I do take advantage of it, people who are above a certain age and who also earn below a specific income level qualify for property or school tax deferrals or exemptions. Every state handles property tax exemptions differently, but generally what's called the Homestead Tax Exemption Program doesn't mean that you will stop paying any property taxes as a senior. Frequently, the way these programs work, the assessed value of the property freezes once you've successfully applied and been accepted for a homestead exemption. Regarding local school taxes, many seniors grumble about having to pay those because they maintain, why should they when they don't have children in the school system anymore? Well, some states have or are moving toward having laws to mitigate this, but personally, I disagree with them. First of all, as a senior, I want to support services that are for all the public, not just me. I'm part of the public. Second, I want to ensure that the next generations are educated. And third, would it follow that as a senior, I shouldn't have to pay for any publicly funded services I might not use? This just doesn't make any sense to me. Should people who are not seniors, uh, no, uh, should people, right, who are not seniors but choose not to have children be exempt from paying school taxes? And conversely, should people with more children pay more taxes? And then if you're not paying school taxes, well, should you be denied services from those who have benefited from public education, like 
doctors or first responders? Perhaps what we should be asking is who is not paying taxes who does benefit from the services funded by taxes, such as hospitals, churches, and educational institutions? If they pay taxes on the services they use, wouldn't that lessen the burden on the rest of us? But I digress. Back to tax tips. Okay, credit for the elderly and disabled. If you or your spouse are age 65 or older and you have a low income, you could be eligible to claim a tax credit for seniors. Retirees who qualify may be able to reduce their tax bill by taking the credit. You must have an adjusted gross income, though, below $17,500 or $25,000 if both spouses are 65 and older, and non-taxable Social Security and pension income below $5,000 for a single or $7,500 for couples to claim the credit. So it really is for low-income people. Now, you can, if you're an older worker, defer paying income tax on more money than younger people by, as I'm sure you are aware, contributing to an individual retirement account or an IRA. Workers age 50 and older can save an additional $1,000 in an IRA for a total of $7,500 in 2023. Now, there is no more early withdrawal penalty once you turn 59 and a half, you can withdraw money from an IRA for any reason without incurring that 10% tax. And if you leave your job at age 55 or later, you can begin penalty-free 401k distributions from the account associated with the job you most recently left at that time. Public safety officers who are 50 or older or who have completed at least 25 years of service with the employer sponsoring the plan can start penalty-free withdrawals at age 50. However, income tax will be due on withdrawals from traditional retirement accounts at any age. Uh, speaking of 401ks, older workers with access to a 401k plan may be eligible to make catch-up contributions. Employees age 50 and older can defer paying income tax on $7,500 more than younger workers if they contribute that amount to a 401k plan or a total of $30,000 in 2023. Taking a look at qualified charitable distributions, retirees are typically required to withdraw money from traditional retirement accounts and pay the resulting in income tax bill. However, if you don't need the money, you can avoid income tax on IRA withdrawals if you make a qualified charitable distribution. Retirees ages uh, 70 and a half and older who transfer any amount up to $100,000 directly from their IRA to a qualified charity will not owe income tax on the transaction. However, you don't need to make a huge donation to benefit from this tax break. An IRA charitable contribution of $5,000 could reduce your income tax bill by $1,200 if you're in the 24% tax bracket. And a $1,000 donation could save you $240 in taxes. 
Workers with high deductible health plans can claim a tax deduction on contributions to a health savings account. Distributions from these accounts are tax-free when used to pay for qualifying medical expenses. Individuals who are age 55 or older by the end of the tax year are eligible to contribute up to $4,850 to a health savings account in 2023, and that's $1,000 more than their younger counterparts. However, you can no longer contribute to an HSA, that's a health savings account, once you enroll in Medicare. There is free help uh, with uh, filing your taxes. I take advantage of it. Um, you can get help filing your taxes without having to pay an excessive hourly fee. The Tax Counseling for the Elderly program provides free tax assistance to those age 60 or older. IRS certified volunteers assist older taxpayers with basic tax return preparation and electronic filing between January 1st and April 15th each year. The TCE program specializes in tax issues seniors typically face, including tax questions about pensions and retirement benefits. Personally, I use the VITA or VITA, V-I-T-A program offered through um, an area United Way. So whether or not Social Security is your only income, and by the way, you would not be alone if it is, there are ways to maximize its effectiveness, as another U.S. News and World Report article from 2020 advises. Yes, that's 2020, but the information is still pretty good. So the first um, recommendation is avoid claiming Social Security before your full retirement age. Your age when you sign up for Social Security plays a big role in the amount you'll receive. If you start payments before your full retirement age, which is 66 for most baby boomers, your payments will be reduced. Social Security payments increase for each month you delay claiming them up until age 70. In the case of widowhood, the surviving spouse receives the higher Social Security payment of the two spouses. So if possible, it's the person with the higher benefit who should delay until age 70, and then the survivor's benefit will be higher if the other spouse dies. If Social Security is your only source of retirement income, you aren't likely to have to pay taxes on it. However, if you have another source of retirement income, part of your Social Security benefit might become taxable. So be sure to check with a tax accountant who can help you determine what your tax threshold is. This year I had a bit of a surprise. I didn't owe any taxes except I had some outside income and had not paid any self-employment taxes on it and so ended up having to pay that. So you might want to think about that too. So in conclusion uh, on this topic of taxes, I want to say that I believe in them and I absolutely want to pay my fair share. And I want others to as well. I do not think highly of people who are proud because they get away with not paying taxes, either due to legal tax loopholes or by cheating on their returns, if indeed it's still possible to do that. The alternative to paying taxes and not paying your legitimate tax bill is illegal, is to have a 
Rentier system. Now, I learned it with the French pronunciation, but the word is used in English, so maybe it's rentier, R-E-N-T-I-E-R. The concept of the rentier state or the rentier economy applies to a country that relies on substantial external rent in the form, for example, of the sale of oil or transit charges such as the Suez Canal or tourism. Rentier economy has far-reaching political, social, and cultural uh, consequences. First, only a small fraction of the population is directly involved in the creation of wealth. And as a result, there is little incentive to work, and thus the domestic productivity is reduced. Wealth is accidental or situational, and in most rentier economies doled out through some form of favoritism system. And ultimately, it is unsustainable. That doesn't mean that there can't be tax reform or even reform within the IRS. But in my opinion, it does mean that the economy cannot survive nor thrive if wealth lies in the hands of the relatively small minority of Americans who evade paying taxes, either legally or not. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.